Now let's turn our Bibles open to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, please. We've been in that portion for some time, and I want to focus on something today. It says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be? All these things shall be? Now let's read that slowly. Seek ye what? Everybody say first. Come on, say it louder. That means God is requiring priority. This verse, now you, why did you turn me up again? This verse is showing us what our priorities must be in life. Turn with me, with this, we're going to come back here, but go to uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, having a form of godliness. Can you be quick on the screen, please? Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Are you all with me? Look up, look up. You can read it on the screen. Having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Having a what? Form of God. You know what form of godliness means? Religion. Religion lacks power. Religion is full of regulations, rituals, and traditions. But there is no power to demonstrate the reality of God. Because religion is a search for God in its own strength. So man comes up with different ideas as to how he can approach God, and he conjures up ideas of what might please him and what could draw the attention of divinity. So he formulates stuff, and he puts it into a form of rules and regulations, and he hopes that that will enable him to access the power of God or the blessing of God or whatever they're after. But today I want you to know this. The Bible is warning us that there is a form of godliness, but there is no power in it. And we have to be careful about this. So Jesus came to teach us, and he was teaching about the kingdom. And in the kingdom, remember, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to those that are in bondage, to give sight to the blind. Look, he's talking about power. Somebody say power. Power that destroys every stranglehold of the devil. And every limitation of the devil can be dealt with with the power that from on high, from his kingdom. This kingdom of God is loaded with power that can overpower anything and everything the devil has. Because this power is from a superior realm of God's kingdom. What does the Bible say? He has exalted his name and given him a place far above all principality and power and might and dominion 
and over every name not named in this world, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. He is raised high above. There is nothing greater than Jesus. Nobody greater than Jesus. No power that can challenge his authority because God has lifted him up there. But if we look at our lives, if you look at the life of a Christian in general, there is a lot of form of godliness, but there is hardly any power. We talk about the God that heals, but we're sick. We talk about and proclaim that God is all-powerful, and yet you are in bondage. We talk about a God that has done miracles, but we are here living in lack, in bondage, and in trouble. We're lost, but we keep coming to church. We keep reading the Bible. We keep tithing. We keep doing all this, and yet we are in bondage. Something is amiss somewhere. See, religion teaches us that if we keep doing these things, maybe we will have some access. Maybe we will have some deliverance. Maybe God will heal. There is no assurance and there is no faith or demonstration of that faith in our lives. This is the reason why the world is not interested in what you believe. They say, even we have a religion. Why do we need to follow yours? We were born and we're, we have our ancestors who followed this religion. What do you mean you have to leave all that in one moment and come and follow your God? That's why today we have so many Christians in the body of Christ that are called the mixed multitude. They have one foot in Christianity, one foot somewhere else. Why? It's not working. Christianity is not working. So once in a while, they will dabble in something that is not, that is not godly. Why? Because why are you seeking something outside your boundaries? Because you're not satisfied with what you right now have. That's why we are willing to compromise and sometimes sin. Why? Because what we are we're told and what we have heard and what we think we believe is not working for us. So Jesus comes and teaches and says, this is the kingdom of God. That's why we need to give heed to what the Lord is saying. If you really want to experience the supernatural power of God manifest in our lives, there's something that we need to do. They're all so silent this morning. Something has to happen. This that I'm talking about is not uncommon. Right through the Bible you will see this happen over and over and over again. Talk about God. Have a religious attitude toward God. And be involved in religious practices. But there is hardly any power.
So he says what? Seek what? First. Don't forget what word first. God has to be number one in our lives. But for most people, he's like a stepney in the car. You don't think about it until you have a flat tire. And when you do have a flat tire, you have not thought of it so long that there's no pressure in that stepney. You're in deeper trouble now. Do you understand what I'm talking about? He's like a crutch. You don't need God. Everything is going well for you. Everything seems to be working fine. And all of a sudden there's a flat tire. Or, or sometimes it bursts. And then you're in deep trouble. Now you start looking for your stepney. And sometimes you feel, oh my God, six months back, I, 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 you know, I, I had to fix this, but I did not fix the stepney. And you're in worse trouble. You cannot live your Christian life like that, where God is relegated to a place where you forget about Him. Nor does He tolerate a place where He is second. If you ask Him to come, He only will come in as your Lord. He wants the throne of your heart. He's, he said, he's a God of, who is, a, who is jealous. Amen? So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That means my first affection should be toward who? My God. So now look at this. I want to take you to this. In uh, Mark chapter, we read this, but I want to read it again. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Thou shall love the Lord thy God with how much? No, 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 wait a minute. How much? All your heart. Okay? With all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And this is the first commandment. You want to experience God? God cannot have a second place in your life. If I asked you the question, do you love God? Without a question, I know everybody's hand will shoot up in the air and say, yes, Pastor, we do love God. How do I know? How does God know you love Him? Because you show up in church? Because you keep your obligations on a daily basis? Love transcends obligation. Love goes beyond the limitations of obligation. Love demands, sorry, a, relation dema a relationship demands that I care for someone. But love demands that I sacrifice to fulfill it. So love transcends your obligations. You with me? Now, I wrote something down and I want to read this. How do you express love? How, how do I know or how, how does someone, in, someone know that they are genuinely loved? You can love in word, which is the cheapest form of love. 
right? I love you. What do you mean by that? You love me because I look good today? And tomorrow you don't like me because I don't look that good. Is that love? No. You can love indeed, that means you can express through works. You can love through your giving, but not only things, but essentially your time. This now relates to a genuine relationship. When you say you love somebody and you don't give time to them, you don't love them. Because what is more precious than time? Nothing in this world. Everybody is clamoring for what? More money, more houses, more wealth, a better car, more luxurious lifestyle. Okay. With all the values attached to it, if you went to a dying man and you said, what do you want? Will he ask for cars? Will he ask for money? Will he ask for wealth? What will he ask for? Time. Nothing is more valuable than time. So if I'm trying to express my love to my God, what is it that I must first give him? See, but we're late to church. We cut short our time of prayer when there is a meeting with another man. We will go to bed early and cut, our sh cut short our time with God. We will do so many things in life and we will be saying, Lord, I love you. But Lord, because of your love, I'm really tired. I'll see you in the morning, Lord. Amen. Take care of me. You wake up in the morning and say, Oh my God, Lord, I intended to wake, at si wake up at 6 o'clock, but it's almost 6.50 now. At 7 I have an appointment. You know, Lord, you're a loving God. Yes, He is. But He's asking you, Do you love me? Do you love me? And how can I show my love to Him? Well, this is one of the ways. I want, you to, I, I want you to think about, when you say, I love God, ask yourself these questions. Am I only singing a love song to Him? Or is there genuine love in my heart for Him? How do I show my love? Through obedience. What caused God to say, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I'll multiply you to Abraham. Because he said, now I know your heart. That you love me more than your son. Because now God required of him to give, them, give his son as a burnt offering. When Abraham said, yes... God did not respond. When Abraham went on the journey to Mount Moriah, he never said a word. But when he was bringing the knife down on his son is when he said, hold it. Now I know. What am I doing and what are you doing to show your love, your genuine love for God? I love you, Lord. God, I thank you for your goodness. But don't touch my pocketbook.
how can I find ways to avoid tithing? Let me tell you, whatever God put down in His Word for us to obey is not for His benefit, it's for our benefit. I don't have time, I would have got Brother Srinivas to come and share this morning. He shared with me last Sunday, he said he went through a procedure in his body and he was going through a financial crunch. And so this month, his tithe was a certain amount of money, amount he had to give. He gave a part of that and, you know, God is a loving God, right? God is a loving God, right? He needed a lot of money for this procedure. So he went to different people and nobody helped him. He went to the banks. They said, no, you don't have this, you don't have that, we cannot give you. He was in dire need. And then he said, this is his practice. This is something you need to listen. Every day in the morning, he listens to the Friday night message. Is that right? Sunday. Every morning he listens to my Sunday morning, Sunday preaching. And every night, they listen to the Friday night meeting, service, okay, the, what I preach. So that's his practice, the practice of his dear wife and himself. Every day they listen to the word, morning, evening. And it seems that one of those days when he was going through this and he turned on, I was speaking about Ananias and Sapphira. Sounds funny, but it's not funny when you go through the dark, troubled times. He said, Lord, I'm sorry. So he went ahead, and I don't know how he got it. He, he, he returned the entire tithe. And within how many days? Three days. Within three days, a miracle happened. He got a, wait, wait. He got a contract from somewhere, not outside of India. He got a contract, and it paid off all the bills, and he had some more left over. Now, wait a minute. The reason I shared this testament is to tell you this. God loves you, but God does not break His word. And see, when I obey, what am I doing? I am loving God. If you love me, what did He say? You will keep my commandments. See, that's one of the ways you show your love to God. Not just singing a song. That's the cheapest way. Not just saying, Lord, I love you. That is worthless. It doesn't carry any weight whatsoever. There has to be a corroborating action to show your love. You show your love through submission. Lord, I submit to your word. My mind, in my mind it doesn't make sense. But your word says it, so I will submit and do what your word says. I show it through my service to God, how I serve my Lord. Watch this, I wrote this down. The depth of my love is measured by the prominence I give to the person I love in my heart and in my mind. What place does God find in your life? Don't be too quick to answer, saying first. Your actions have to prove that. The depth of my love is measured by the prominence I give to the person I love in my heart and in my mind. Now, I've been saying, 
I want us to be a people that know how to pray and touch the heart of God. I've been saying that this house must become what? A house of prayer, which means what? A house where people encounter God, not only through miracles, but through the word as well. Because in that house, after Jesus turned the tables, people were healed, but the Bible says he sat down and taught the word. So the house of God is a place where the word is taught for revelation, for better understanding, and also where miracles happen and where people's lives are transformed. It's a wholesome work that happens. It's not just a place where you come and you're just motivated and given some motivational principles that you can go and become successful in life. No. This is a place where you encounter the reality of God. That God is real. We, see, we're not using this platform to teach you just some success principles and motivate you to be successful outside of God. Yes, success should be our experience in life, but it should not be outside of God. Listen to me. Whether it's success, victory, or job, promotion, any of these things, if they disconnect me from God, they're not a blessing, they're a curse. If your business is going that, growing that big that now you find yourself not having enough time for the Lord, please pray, Lord, do something about this. If not, let my business shrink. Because what I want is you first. I don't want anything to separate me from you. Are you with me? Hallelujah. When I said this, the depth of my love is measured by the prominence I give to the person I love in my heart, my mind. It means, it affects, what does that mean? It affects my decision-making process. How does it affect? The decisions are made in the light of how it would affect my love and my intimacy with the person. So even if the person is not there, if I make a certain decision, how is, it this is going, how is it going to affect my relationship with that particular person? I may be able to justify my position, but it can affect in the negative way. Because relationships, please understand, relationships mostly are not logical, they're emotional. They're logical, but more emotional than logical. And so what happens is, in a relationship, sometimes logically you may be right, but you know while you're saying yes to that relationship, or yes to something somewhere, it might affect this relationship, and you know that is going to happen, but you go ahead and do it because you think you can justify the position and explain. But you know what? You've hurt the emotion in the process, and it creates a crack. How many understand what I'm saying? So if I say I love God and I'm making a decision in my life to go forward in a certain direction, or say yes or no to something, the first thing I need to say is, how does this affect my relationship with my God? Is it going to strengthen my relationship with God? Or is it going to decrease that, or, or deplete my love for Him? Are you with me, everyone? So, it, 
It means when I say I love God first, it means what? That means anything, any decision that I'm going to make is submitted to this relationship first. And I make the decision based on this relationship. How will this be affected? Okay. I wrote this again. Love is designed by God so as to become one with the one you genuinely love. When you are, the Bible says we are married to Christ. We become one. When two people get married, what does the Bible say? They become one. Which means you are, you are tied emotionally also tied. So, there are a lot of misunderstandings between husband and wife. Many times when you don't consider your spouse in the decisions you make. I'm the head, so it has to be done. You're a fool to think like that. Why? Because God did not bring an inferior person to be joined together with you. The person that was brought to you to become one was in no way inferior to you. I hope you understand that the woman part and the man part both are in God. When God created Adam, how did he create? He made him out of dust and he breathed a breath into him, right? Okay. So now, wait a minute. So Adam is there. He says, it is not good for him to be alone, so I'm going to create what? Give him a helpmeet. Where did he bring the helpmeet from? Wait a minute. Who was Adam? Adam was a son of God. So this person came out of Adam. So how can you say that this person is inferior to Adam? Amen. This person is not inferior to Adam. It's another part. You know, it's like this. Please, please listen carefully and don't misunderstand or misinterpret what I'm about to say. What is the woman called? The wife called? A help? Meet. What is the Holy Ghost called? Stop. What did Jesus say? If you say anything about the Father, I will forgive. If you say anything about me, I'll forgive. But if you say anything about very precious. Wait. The Holy Spirit is extremely sensitive. How are women? I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is a lady. I'm just showing you the other side of God. He said, don't quench and don't grieve. When people get married, there's a lot of fanfare, right? But when there is a real battle that is going on, today it has become common to divorce and make it a big issue and stuff. 
But in the past, it was very silently done. The women would walk away. Or the husband would walk away. How does the Holy Spirit leave? When he comes, he makes an announcement. When he leaves, it's very silent. Love was designed by God so that you can become one with the one you genuinely love. So if I say I love God, what does that mean? I need to work on my intimacy and relationship to grow in that oneness with Him. Hallelujah. That's why we need to pray. Because we want to know Him. Why do I need to pray? You know, now, this is a bad example, but I want to give it to you anyway. Um, it doesn't really give you the entire understanding, but I think you'll get a, get a glimpse of it. Uh, you've got to pray and seek the Lord, seek the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit wants to be loved and desired. You know, sometimes you, you hurt your wife. I hope it's with universal, not just mine. Uh, that you, uh, <laughs> you say, and... You see, it's, it's cold. Not a word is being said. There's no hard words being said, nothing. But it's very cold. You can feel it. Be sensitive in the spirit like that. <laughs> Number two, you ask, what happened? Oh, nothing. Please, would you tell me? I mean, I, I, can, I can set this right. No. Why are you all, all laughing? Is it the same with all of you? You got to seek now. Men, you understand what seeking is now? Why? Because they want to be loved. They want to know you genuinely care for them. You genuinely love them. Not just saying, sorry, it's okay. No. Do you really love me? Is that question. Are you learning anything? Praise God. Amen. So, love is designed by God so as to become one with the one you genuinely love. What moves Him must move you. That's love. What moves Him, what moves God's heart must move you. His heart is longing for the salvation of souls. His heart is longing for the kingdom of God to be established. For the kingdom of God to grow. His heart longs for His church. How much do you love the church? If you're planted in this house, how much do you love? Oh, I love my church. What have you done for the church? Oh, pastor, I love the universal church. No, 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 stop. God plants you in a particular local church to be established, to be pruned, to be taught, to be trained, to be raised, to become useful in the kingdom. Who did Jesus die for? Man. To do what? To call the ecclesia out. Ecclesia is what? Church, right? Who is he going to marry? The church. So if you don't show any interest toward the church, its growth, its beautification, its uh, expansion, and somehow get yourself involved, and but yet say, Lord, I love you. He says, whoa, really? I was thinking about it. When somebody 
honors my wife, do I feel proud or jealous? If you're, a, if you're a genuine loving husband, you'll feel proud. So if you do something for the church, what do you think Jesus is going to feel like? How do you show your love for him? By showing your love for his bride. Say amen, somebody. I'm talking about loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. How do I show my love? Lord, I'm praying. I want to pray not just for my growth and my success. I want to pray for the church, Lord. Do you ever pray for the church? And how much time do you spend praying for the church? For your pastors, for leaders, for other members who are suffering and struggling? We hardly have any time for ourselves. How, where are you going to pray for the church now? If you love Him, you will pray. I'm giving you practical things to think about and do to express your genuine love to God. And not just be a, you're like a Pharisee who prays only in the public square but has no private prayer life. And God called those people what? Hypocrites. Is my love genuine or is it hypocritical? What kind of love do I have for the Lord? You can't say, I love the Lord, and be indifferent to what, to what He is concerned about. You can't say, I love the Lord, and be indifferent to what He is concerned about. Ask yourself one question. What am I doing to show to God in practical terms that I'm doing to help the church, to help the ministry, to help in what is close to the heart of God? Oh, I tithe. That's not for God. It's for your benefit. For you to have an open heaven, you tithe. Yeah, I sow. Not for God. It's for your benefit, for you to reap a harvest. What more can I do? Ask yourself the question. Can you pray? Can you come early? Can you be involved in some kind of practical activity that will help others so that we can reach more people? Because Jesus' heart is for people. The church was never created to be a bless me club. We're supposed to be reaching the lost world. Say amen. Listen, when you genuinely love the Lord, He's never an afterthought. He's always preeminent in your thoughts and in your heart. When you genuinely love the Lord, He's never an afterthought. He's always preeminent in your thoughts and in your heart. Glory be to God. The priority you give to God is important. How important is God in your life? Do you process everything through Him? Or do you make a decision and then tell Him, Bless me, Lord. You know, you're about to make a decision in life. Whether it's starting a business, whether it is marrying somebody, or whether it is your job. Do you consult with God and say, Lord, what is your say on this? Because I'm submitting this to you. Or do you just make a decision because we make fun of other religions and we think just because we pray, everything will be okay. That's the foolish understanding most Christians have. 
You know how we make fun of some inaugurations that may take place at 11.33 p.m. or 2.34 a.m.? We make fun of it. Don't. There are spiritual elements involved in this. And these people are wise to understand that that realm controls this realm. Do you understand this? And we think we don't have to worry about anything like that and just you make your own decision and say, God bless me. No, I am not saying you should consult the timings. Please listen to me carefully. I'm saying they have the sense to understand that the natural world is controlled by the spiritual world. So I'm going to submit. That's why they say when you're getting married, what do the stars say? What does the moon say? What does this man's star say? They understand if the marriage has to work well, then the stars have to be aligned. That means they're talking about a spiritual realm that can control the after effects of this marriage. Are you with me, everybody? Now, I'm not saying that is right. I'm saying they're wise enough to understand there is a spiritual realm. Now, as Christians, we have discarded all that and we've become foolish. We have to understand that we have a spiritual realm that is far superior to theirs. We don't worship stars. We don't worship the moon. We don't worship the sun. We worship the one that made all of them now wait a minute but this is the point I'm trying to make I'm saying we need to go to God and say Lord I desire this but what do you say because see anything that manifests in the realm of the natural the natural realm first has to be established in the spiritual realm if God's blessings have been released in the spiritual realm no devil can stop or or you know or cause any harm to what you what you're about to do Oh, I want to marry this guy. He's looking so beautiful. So I'm sorry, beautiful is not the word. So handsome. Right? Oh, he's got so many degrees. He's got such a great name. He's got such a, you know, such glamour and charm. Hang on. God, what do you say? This offer came from Australia. I'm going to get this kind of salary and they're going to give me this nice house. They're going to give me this beautiful perks. Everything is going to be great. Wait. Not every open door has been opened by God. Pastor, I'm praying, but I don't hear. You're not praying enough. What did I say? I'm praying, Pastor. I'm praying. Well, you haven't heard? Pray more. Wait. Learn how to pray. Learn how to sense it, become sensitive and, and become more sensitive in your perception of what God is saying. Activate your spiritual organs. I keep saying, nights are not... No, no, not, not just to sleep. Not, I didn't say you should not sleep. Don't get me wrong, you should sleep. But it's not just for sleeping. When everybody was asleep, Jesus would go away into the mountains to pray. Sleep was designed by God for rest. But there are also times that you don't sleep, but you wait on God. Oh, and you, you have all these reasons and logic to support your decision. And nobody can find fault with it. But what is the Spirit saying? That's the important part. The Spirit said, get up and go to the brook called Cher why did he? Why was he so specific? 
because it was there the provisions were made available. Maybe there were still other brooks around that still had some water running in them. It was not just because of the water that God sent Elijah to the brook called Cherith. Because God had designed in the realm of the spirit for all the provisions to be made available at that place. So let us not be foolish. Make fun of others of their belief system. And I, I, Please, by no means should we follow those things. Do you understand? And remember, don't read horoscopes. Don't read about those stars. If anybody says, I'm, what, Leo or whatever, the, I said, I don't know who you may be, but you want to know who I am? I'm a son of the lion of the tribe of Judah. I don't go by those signs. I'm not controlled by them. I'm controlled by my Lord Jesus Christ. The lion of the tribe of Judah is my sign. Glory. Oh, but you were born in this month. So, it has lost its power when I gave my life to Christ. It cannot control. It may be real for you. It may be true for somebody else. But it cannot be true for me. I'm a child of God. Amen. So please understand. When I say I love God, what does it mean? I process and filter every decision that I make through Him. I wait for His approval before I launch out. You have to be careful. Now, I wanted to talk about religion. I'll probably do it. I don't know where we are heading with this preaching, you know, but I, I, I hope you're all getting blessed. You know, <laughs> I have so many scriptures here, and I wish we had two, three hours sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Because look, I'm not here trying to impress anybody. My heart is to transform lives. I want us to get the word that will not just give us a, a, you know, a kick in the pants for just a, a little time. You know, I want us to be completely transformed from inside out. Our lives are sold out to God. We truly live with the power of God being demonstrated in and through our lives.